Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. You ready to get in the Word? We're in 2 Samuel today, and we've been watching, following King David. He's a man after God's own heart, and we have this little tagline of learning how to keep a right heart when the world goes all wrong. And so we've been following his life. There are more scriptures in the Bible on King David than anyone else other than Christ. 66 chapters are dedicated to King David. 10 are to Abraham, 10 are to Elijah, 10 to Elisha, 66 to David. So if God left that much information about King David in the Bible, I believe that we need to, we need to look at it and see why. And so we've been following his life, and, and uh, you can go back on our YouTube channel and watch every one of these, ep- uh, these uh, services and messages uh, because we've been following him uh, since he was 15 years old when he came on the scene. He wasn't really seeking to be a king. He was just content worshiping God and being a shepherd boy. But God said, now's the time. And he brought him out. He's just a crackly little voice and pimples on his face going through puberty, 15. That's, seriously, that's how old he was. Some say 13. He was very young. And uh, they anointed him to be the king of Israel. And then he gets into a fight with a giant because soon as you get on fire for God, you're going to have a battle. Come on, somebody. And so we've been watching his life, and then it took a turn uh, upside down. He began to run from King Saul, who he thought was going to be his mentor, and he's running for 15 years of his life. And finally, we've come to 2 Samuel, and i got some good news for you today. I want to title this message, When God Says Now. When God says now. When God says now, it's time. When God says now, then it don't matter what anybody else says, it's going to happen whether the enemy likes it or not. Come on, somebody. When God says now, oh, come on, if you believe that, you need to get more excited today. And so we're in 2 Samuel, and the, the whole book of 2 Samuel is about King David and his rule and his reign and about his family and all these different things. And so uh, we're picking it up, but... How many would say that you're here today and, or watching online and you're waiting on a promise of God? You're waiting on a promise of God. Amen. I can't see your hand online, but I know your hand's up. Put a little hand emoji in there. If you're waiting on a promise of God, not just, you know, a promise from someone else that they said to you. And they said, thus saith the Lord. And the Holy Spirit said, I didn't say that. Amen. You know what's of God. That's the first thing you need to do when you get a word is get some confirmation. Come on, somebody. And, and so, but you're waiting on God. Well, we call those uh, now, the word now moments. Now is mentioned in the Bible. There are 1,356 scriptures with the word now in it. And it has to do with people like you that just raised your hand and myself who's waiting for a now moment, who's waiting for when it's their time. Like King David, finally he's sitting on the throne. There are 1,300 scriptures of when that happened, of when promises were fulfilled. Now moments. Here's just a couple scriptures. I, I wanted to give this to all of us. This is, these are generic scriptures for all of us for right now. These are now moments for all of us right now. While you're waiting on that promise that you lifted your hand for, how many know that there are some things God wants to make sure we're doing now? Because it's not always about entering into a new season as much as it is you make sure you exit properly your last season. 
Because God doesn't honor quitters. I'm just saying this. All you got to do is don't quit. What have I, I've been saying this forever. If you don't quit, you win. So it's not always about entering a new season. We always want to say, what's next? What's next? God is saying, make sure you transition well. Make sure you exit well. And David was someone who demonstrated how to exit well. He didn't even know that he was getting ready to sit on the throne. He was in, in his biggest battle at Ziklag, where he lost everything. Pastor Steve preached that a few weeks ago. It was an awesome message. And then now he walked right into his appointment, his now moment. Look at these scriptures that is for all of us right now. You may have heard of them. Romans 13, 11 says, And do this, knowing the time, know the time, not on your watch, but the season that we're in right now. It says, For now, everybody say now, now. it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. I believe that's for right now. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Look at this. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Somebody say now. That's what God wants everybody to do right now. Well, when am I going to sit on the throne? When is, when is this breakthrough going to happen? When is this relationship going to happen? When is this financial breakthrough going to happen? I don't know. Only God knows. But I do know what he wants us to do right now. And right now is to live as if the day of our salvation is at hand. To cast off the works of darkness. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting today. And put on the armor of light. 2 Corinthians, behold now. Everybody say now. Now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So if you're watching today or if you're here and you haven't been born again. Listen, Jesus never... He didn't come to earth to say, here, I'm going to leave you a book with a bunch of my stories for you to read every now and then and think happy thoughts. Watch this. Jesus said, I'm just going to get real with you today. Jesus said, you must be born again. Come on. That hasn't changed for 2020. Well, why is that so important? Because you don't just walk into the kingdom of God we were just talking about. The kingdom of God isn't about getting enough information, highlighting your Bible, giving money to churches. All of that helps further the work of the kingdom and benefits you as well. But in order to get into the kingdom, you got to be born into the kingdom. Just like you have to be born in a country to become a citizen of that country. The Bible says we are citizens of the kingdom of God. Or you can be adopted as we were. Because we were born not in the kingdom, but we got to be born again. Boy, that's so good. I don't have time to go off onto that. But now is the time. So if you're watching, and many of you have been watching, and I thank you so much for your comments and emails. And I even got to talk with one of you from, from New York the other day, a couple of weeks ago. Rafi's sister, if you're watching, God bless you, uh, from New York. And and just was so blessed and, uh, to hear what God is doing. You're watching our services, and we're going to continue to do that and come into your home, and we hope we're a blessing to you. But if you're here or watching and you haven't been born again, you need to be born again. When? Now. Come on. Je Jesus said in John, the hour is coming, and now is. This is what we need to do now. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth in 2020. We're finding out who the true worshiper. I'm finding out if I'm a true worshiper in 2020. Because it was easy to worship in 2019. 
Man, 2019 was a pretty good year. Got ordained, had some difficulties, had lost my uncle. We had some, I mean, that's how life goes, but there was a lot of blessings that came. 2020 hit, and wow, and Jesus is still looking. The Father is looking for those that will worship. So what do I do, Pastor Eddie, until my now moment happens? Worship the Father in spirit and truth. So that's what David did, and we find him in chapter 5 of 2 Samuel, verse 4. Look what happens. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years. Finally, his day came. Finally, he got to sit on the throne, running for his life, being tested. He passed most of them. He struggled through some, but he didn't quit. I said he didn't quit. And let me just encourage you, those of you that lifted up your hand, your day's coming. Your day is coming. It took him 15 years. He didn't realize it was that long. Sometimes it takes a lot longer. But how many know God's time is not our timing? But here's the thing. It will happen, says the Lord. Write the vision down and make it plain. For in its season, it will happen. It will happen. And that's what happened to King David. But... When you finally get to that point, and you finally seem to have a season of peace. How many has ever had just have a good day? You ever have just a, a good day? I mean, you just wake up, and the coffee is just perfect. I, I, I mean, and you go outside, and the grass is cut, and the yard is good. How, how many appreciate how good the property looks, by the way, today, pulling up to this place? Don't it look really good? I want to thank all those that are working and making this place look good. It just brightens your day, man, to see the house of the Lord just looking so sharp and so good. But you ever get up and just have a good day? I mean, the garbage can guys even put your can back, and they're not spread out all over the, all over the street, you know. And you maybe do a good deed, and somebody sees you. You know what I mean? It's, it's just one of them good days, and you, and you just feel God's presence or, or whatever. And then you have those bad days when everything just goes wrong. I mean, you just trip out of bed, the coffee ain't made, you're out of coffee, or you finally get it and you have no cream, and you pop a fuse right in the middle of making, I mean, I don't know, I've had some bad mornings and some bad, but David had a good day, and here's the point about good days, they usually don't last long, they usually don't last long, because soon as David is anointed king, I got to get through this because I want to get to the main thing of today, but look what happened, and we're going to go right through these chapters, chapter 5 through 9 in 2 Samuel. Verse 4, he sits on the throne. Look at verse 17. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king of Israel, here they come. The, the Philistines went up to search for David, and David hid, and he, or he heard about it, and he went down into the stronghold. Soon as you get blessed, how many know and has found out that not everybody gets excited when you get blessed? Not everybody gets happy when you get blessed. Not everybody gets excited when you get the promotion at work. Not everybody celebrates with you. Soon as you get anointed. Why? Because the enemy always attacks what God anoints. You need to write that down. The enemy always attacks what God anoints. 
Well, why didn't my turn come? Why didn't I get to, get to do that? Why didn't this happen? It, it's, just, it's just not everybody gets happy that you're going to church and you're, you're trying to live for Christ now and you're getting rid of some things and you're changing the way you talk and you're changing some of your behaviors and, and, and you're, you're changing some of this. Some of your friends at first are going to be, oh, that's good for you. You needed that. But when after a while, they're like, oh, come on, can't you just compromise just a little bit? But when you start saying, oh, I need to keep my heart right, because the world's going crazy. I need to keep my heart right because I'm a David and not a Saul. You're going to see all of a sudden those same people will begin to make little jabs at you. Come on, somebody. They'll throw little spears at you. What you going to that church again? How many know what I'm talking about? That's what happens. You need to pray. This is you really want to get on fire for God. You need to pray prayers like this. God, I pray that they don't call me no more. I pray that they don't call me. I pray that this weekend they say, you know what, I'm not even going to call Eddie because Eddie ain't no fun no more because Eddie ain't going to get turned up no more. I'm not even going to call Eddie. He's all going to church. I pray that that happens to you. That's what kind of prayer you need to pray because if they're not locked in on the same direction that God's bringing you, they're just going to slow you down anyway, and they're going to hinder you from receiving what God has for you. Even when I don't see that you're working. It's good in here to sing it and feel that way. But man, when you get those phone calls, those text messages, those inboxes, people sliding in your DMs, some of them need to slide right back out. That's how the enemy comes. And you need to pray and say, God, I pray that. And then when they start saying that, when when, when God starts to wipe away your pre-Jesus reputation and start bringing up a new one, that's what he did to David then you know you're on the right road. Boy, I don't know. That's not even in my notes. That's, that's for somebody today. But the enemy always, here's the point. If you feel that attack, what's going on? Because God's anointed you. Whatever area in your life is being attacked the most is probably the area that God is anointing right now. If it's your marriage, if it's your relationship, if it's your relationship with a certain kid, you may get along with all of them, but that one right there is making you lose your ever-loving mind. I'm telling you because God's anointing is coming upon that, and he's giving you a heart for that, and he's praying for that, and the enemy knows it, and he fights against it. So look at verse 19. So David inquired of the Lord. Look what David, this is how David fought. He inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I go up and fight against the Philistines? It's amazing that he would even pray that, because that's the enemy. But he still wanted to pray. We need to pray. These bracelets we wear that say, pray first, and that's a real thing. We need to pray even before you get into a battle with a known enemy. Pray, God, what do I do? Because watch this, it's going to change. So he prays, and God says, yeah, I'm going to deliver you. And the Lord says, go up, for I will doubtless, doubtless. Somebody say, doubtless. No doubt about it. When God gives you a victory, there's no doubt about it. I said, when God gives you a victory, there ain't no doubt about it. That's a miracle. So sometimes it's got to get really, really bad. You got to get a really, really bad diagnosis. You got to get the x ray because, and you say, man, that's putting fear in my heart. Well, it has to happen. So when God does a miracle, only God can get the miracle, only God can get the glory. When God lifts you up and he begins to, the Bible says when you humble yourself, he'll raise you up. It's like if you walk through the woods and you see a turtle on top of a a post, a fence post. You know two things. Number one, it's a turtle. Number two, he didn't get there by himself. (laughs) Some of you get that on the way home. And God will, people are looking at King David and they're going, this guy does not even come from an Ivy League school. He doesn't even come from a family. They're shepherds. 
They're the lowest on the economic value. And some even believe that David wasn't Jesse's biological son. That he, that's why he wasn't included. I don't know. Scripture don't say. But I do know this. He wasn't the favorite of his dad's. He was least likely to succeed. And now he's sitting on the throne. Come on, somebody. Now he's sitting on the throne. And he's not with an attitude saying, how you like me now? You know, I mean, that would be something we would want to say. No, he's, you'll see here in a moment how his attitude really is. I got to keep going. Come on. I'm excited today. I feel God's presence in this place today. And worship got me fired up today. Hallelujah. Watch David. David went. He defeated them. He defeated them, got a great breakthrough. Look at verse 22. Then the Philistines went up once again, deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. I mean, know that the enemy, he's going to keep coming. Well, Pastor Eddie, I just got this one victory. Amen. Celebrate it. Write it down. Because you're probably getting ready to go on another one. That's how God purifies gold. Come on, somebody. That's how gold is purified. It goes into the fire, and soon as it cools off, sometimes he'll even blow because he's got to get it back in the fire because he's got a purpose for that rain. So he's got to go right back in the fire. That's the only way the impurities will rise to the top. The Bible says that, and he takes it out because he's refining you. 2020 is a year that God's refining us, I believe. Come on, somebody. So the enemy came once again. Look at verse 23. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord once again. You don't change your strategy when you know it works. Don't change your strategy. You know what we do in 2020 when this is all going crazy? We pray. We fast. We seek God. Repeat. We pray. We fast. We seek God. Repeat. We pray. We fast. We seek God. Repeat. It's almost turning into one of them. It's almost turning into one of them awkward white boy raps. You know, I used to be able to flow a little bit. I had a little bit of rhythm when I was younger. Get back on the message, babe. Okay. And now I get older and I catch myself doing this nerdy thing. I'm like, what happened to my what happened to my swag, man? Some of y'all are going to look for that on Tuesday, and it's not going to be there in the message. You're going to go. <laughs> Felicia says, that's right, Pops. I love you, baby. Hey, come on. Help me, Jesus. But you still, you pray, you fast, you seek God, and you repeat. When tragedy hits your family, you pray, you fast, seek God, repeat. I'm going through it, Pastor Eddie. Have you prayed? Have you sought God? Are you fasting? Nothing changes. Jesus, all through his ministry, he prayed, he fasted, he leaned in toward God. He often withdrew to a solitary place and returned in the power. There was no new new magic that Jesus did. The disciples said, how do you have so much victory? Oh, I know, it must be your prayer. Teach me to pray. Nothing new needs to change. Why? Write this down. There is strength in the repeat. There is strength in the repeat. Remember last week, this was a gym about learning how to forgive. And all you do is you keep doing this. Is Tomas here today? Come on, where's my trainer? There he is. Amen. I needed him last week, but he'll tell you, as a physical trainer and an athlete, he'll tell you, you do something, if you just keep doing it repetitively and consistently, you're going to see results. Same way in the spirit. Well, Pastor Eddie, I've been going to church for three weeks now, and my family's not back together. I haven't got that job. I'm not there. Three weeks? <laughs> Some of us plan a, a dinner longer than that. I mean, 
Come on. You repeat. Come on. Strength. I got I to keep going. I got to keep going. Strength is in the repeat. But this is the message. I, I sat right down here Thursday in this place, and I was praying, and I was saying, God, I, I know I was going to preach about David finally making it, and we're going to start getting into his life and his family. But I said, God, you've given us this building a year ago this year. We have already voted to purchase this building. We will close. It'll be a year in September that we close down this building. And, thank, and I'm sitting there praying, and I said, God, thank you. We finished the renovation up front just in time. Thank you, Jesus. Could you imagine trying to finish that project, guys, in the middle of everything going on? So I said, thank you, God, that we finished the renovation, and it looks beautiful up there. And during this time, we've been able to continue to get some work done, thanks to so many of you guys. We just got the offices to get done, just a few more other little things. The cafe's about ready to open. The cafe is going to just not only be a place for Bible studies and a place to hang out and a thing for the community, it's going to support missionaries. I mean, this is a big deal here. Everything we have here, I, I look and this is going to be a community center. Look what God has given us. I can see families in here and, and open gym nights on Friday nights and, and hanging out in this place and having conferences, men conferences, women conferences, right here, youth conferences, every kind of conference right here. Amen. And I'm just, and I'm ready to go. I'm like, aren't you ready to go? And you turn on the news, and you have the virus, and you have this, and you got this, and it's just like, man, I'm just tired of it. <laughs> I had one of the moments, and I'm praying, and I said, God, you had me preach on David. And I always say, find yourself in the Bible. So where's river of life in this story of David? He said, he's right here in verse 23, Eddie. Then David inquired of the Lord again, and God said, You shall not go up this time, but circle around them and wait. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For then, somebody say then. For then the Lord will go out before you and strike the camp of the Philistines. This is what's happening. David is armed. He has his men they have their weapons. They have already defeated the Philistines once. They've gotten to a very good place. They're enjoying life. Here comes the enemy again. It's stopping everything. They have their equipment. They have their, their armor. They got a taste for battle. Their mind is focused. They're ready to go. And God says, just wait until you hear the sound of the marching of the troops. What is that? In February, I preached about the angelic host. God said, God gave David a supernatural ability to hear into the spirit realm. And he says, I want you to hear my troops going first. My troops has got to go before you. My troops has got to go before you. And you just wait. And when you hear the sound, because you've got, and the Holy Spirit said this, you got to hear it. It's got to come into your spirit before you can walk into your destiny. Your destiny's got to first get into you. It's got to first get into you. So David, you just wait. You sit there and wait until you hear the marching of the troops. And then when you hear the tr troops at the tops of the mulberry trees, then you're then not, your now moment will then happen. Then you get up and then you go and fight. And you're going to win quickly. He says, then you're going to win quickly. And God said, that's us. We're ready to go. As a church, we're sitting here. We're ready to go. We're ready to hit this community. We're ready to 
to hit families and bless families and see what God's going to do. And God is saying, just hold it. Hold it till you hear that sound. Just a little while longer. And then David waited. And this is what God wants us to do. Chapter 7, verse 18. He, he defeated the Philistines. This is what we're waiting. This is what God's called us to do. This is a, a word for everyone that's waiting, by the way, for your now moment. This is why God raised David up to be a king. You ready? This is why God has raised up River of Life. This is why God has given us this building. You raised your hand earlier in the message and said, I'm waiting on God. Why is God going to bring you that promise? It's not just for you to be satisfied. Are you going to get some pleasure out of it? Absolutely. But there's a bigger, greater purpose for the promise that God gave you. And King David goes in and he sits before the Lord and he said, Who am I, O Lord? And what is my house that you have brought me this far? He's got a thankful attitude. Why? Because the most miserable people are entitled people. The most happiest people are thankful people. The most miserable pe people you'll ever meet is entitled people. Because it's never enough. They feel entitled. You should do this. You should do this. But a happiest person is a person that is thankful. David was just thankful that God used his family. God is just thankful that he used him. I know everything didn't happen at the same time that David was expecting, but he never lost his attitude of gratitude. And so he gets, in, he gets to the place and he says, I remember where he came. He's remembering where he came from. And as I went down memory lane, now God has brought our church. August is also the anniversary for River of Life. 2002, my mom and dad and our families came out here from Wyandotte to Belleville in August. We usually have our big picnic in, in August and have life challenge come out. We don't really make a big deal about our anniversary too much. We usually just invite life challenge because it's about blessing others, which you're going to see right here. That's what it's all about. It's not about parade to whatever, river of life. It's God, glory to your kingdom. And this is what David, this is the kind of attitude David has. So look what he says in chapter 9, verse 1. Now David, he said, is there anyone left of the house of Saul that I may bless to show kindness for Jonathan's sake? God began to tell me to keep reading while we're waiting for the sound of the mulberry trees. And God says, when I, when I do have you move forward and you use this church and this building and the influence that God has given this ministry, this is the kind of attitude I want you to have. It's not to have bigger just anything. It's about to win the lost. It's about to bring the kingdom of God and the glory of God and healing and blessing upon his people. And this is the last thing I want to say. Once we receive God's grace, we must learn to give God's grace. That's the lesson that God wanted to make sure David had. It's one thing to learn to receive the grace of God. It's hard to receive. Are you the type of person that someone tries to bless you and you're like, oh man, you ain't doing that. Or, you ain't paying for my meal or you ain't, you know, and we have a hard time doing that. Some of, some of you are like, no, I have no problem doing that. <laughs> but sometimes somebody blesses you, man, and you're like, no, no, what is, you know what that is? That's pride a lot of times. And sometimes we're that way with God when you hear that God can forgive you of all of your sins. It's hard to receive that. And it takes you a while. I know I battled that. God, you can forgive me for the drugs. I was down at Life Challenge Tuesday just preaching to him about just how God can 
can change your life. And I, I preached a little bit about this. I said, don't become a Saul, become a David. And I learned about this David and Saul at the beginning of my life, a Christian walk. And I'm glad I did because I was a person that was a master manipulator. I can manipulate a system. I would tell them I was on two different probations in the same city, going to the same probation officer under two different alias names, and the guy never caught it. I was a master a liar. I would stand in front of the judge and just convince him. When it was real bad, I'd get my dad to come. Because if you got a pastor with you in court, it's a good day usually. And my dad would help, would try to get me out. You know, he's just made some bad decisions. He's got with the wrong crowd, and I'd be like, I got a job, Your Honor. I'm trying to do this. And I was, I'd get out and go right back. And then when I got saved, hear me. This is for somebody today because this is not in nothing in my notes. And I'm just, I came into the church world and I wanted to live for God. But when God didn't move really, really quick, I began to have this old idea of how can I just manipulate the system. That thought came there. You can be saved, but not so saved. How can you just be kind to say what I was doing? I was right now leaning to become a Saul rather than a David. Because Saul was kind of a person that obeyed God some of the time. But I quickly learned that if you want to get the blessing of David, you got to be one that does all that God says. Come on, somebody. you got to do it, man. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. Come on, are you with me? I know that's heavy. Even though I don't see that you're working. Come on, does that make you feel better? That make us feel better. This is good stuff, man. This is real. This is David was real. He passed all those tests and he got to the place, but learning to receive God's grace, and then you got to learn to give God's grace. So he finds Mephibosheth, and I don't have time to tell you how awesome the whole story of Mephibosheth, but he, he finds this young man who's a descendant of Saul. He's Jonathan's son, his covenant brother. We talked about him. It's his son. And when news came to his maid and his nurse that Saul and, John, and Jonathan both died, she panicked because the kingdom was going to get lost, and she dropped the child, and he became crippled in his feet. And in those days, if you become crippled and you're not able to work, that's big. He's not even mentioned. When Abner got Isosh, the other son of Saul, and tried to make him king, Mephibosheth wasn't even mentioned. He ended up, he's an orphan. He got taken into a good family, thank God, but he's living in this place called Lodabar. It was where no one go. If you go there, you're either running from something or running to something. And David gets to the place now, and he looks around, and he looks at the building that God gave him. This is what I went through here the other night. And I'm looking, I'm saying, who are the people that we can bless? David sends a word and he says, go get Mephibosheth and bring him here. And they go get Mephibosheth and he's crippled and he comes in. And he says, who am I? I'm just a dog. Who am I that you would even have me come into the palace? David says, not only do I want you to come in here one time, but I'm going to make room for you. You're going to sit at my table. And for the rest of your life, you're going to eat from the king's table. All I want to do today, River of Life, and those of you that are watching, is remind us of what the vision is for 2020. We are called to arise and look for the Mephibosheths and look for the broken and look for the lost and look for the hurting and look for the crippled, physically and spiritually, those that are hurting, those that are statistically not supposed to be included to do anything great. 
That's what God has called River of Life. That's what he's called us to do. And then I just stood there, and I, or I sat here. Then I kneeled. Then I stood. Then I sat. Then I kneeled. Then I stood. I just wept. I said, that's it. We get so distracted. So distracted. We come right out of quarantine, right into a racial tension of our, of our, our country. And then in a political year, people are, we're not just divided. Have you watched TV? They hate one another. It's no longer if you would disagree, we can agree to disagree. It's I hate you for you disagreeing. And, and, and it's just turned up to another whole level of disunity. And if we're not careful, we're going to lose focus of why God has raised us up. He's raised us up to be the church and the people because we're the only ones that can bring in the answer, the kingdom of God. So we're going to continue to live stream the services for, until Jesus comes. For those of you, that many of you live out of the area, and we're going to continue to live stream and bless you, and you're a part of the ministry, and hopefully we can be like David was to Mephibosheth, bring the word of God and, and give you hope and let you know that God has a plan for your life and minister to you. But those of you that live in the area, we're going to, we're going to open this building up real soon. I'm praying sooner than later. When we're able to do it and we're going to go and we're going to use this, this is going to be a place, a, a, Christian, a community center. I talked with our local police and fire and first of all, I told them we got a coffee shop. They would say, we're there. Use, use room, the conference rooms and stuff for our different companies here and businesses here to have meetings and the places in here and have a fitness room and have classes in here. Bible studies, not only just Bible studies, but nutritious classes and classes that help us eat right because we are body, soul, and spirit. That went over like a lead balloon. Won't you be talking about what I'm eating? Come on, we are body, soul, and spirit. This is what God told me when I first began to pastor. He said, Eddie, you need to get in shape. You need to get your body right because I got a call for you, a calling on your life, and I'm going to carry you in the spirit, but your body has <laughs> got to be able to be in shape. Anyway, skill classes, classes of skill trades. and Man, I just see so much in this church what God wants us to do. Our ETS and T-cell ministry, teaching English as a second language here, offering it to the communities to support missions. That coffee shop's going to go to support missions. Nobody's going on missions trips right now. We wanted to go on two. They're on hold, but it's coming. When we hear the sound, of the marching on tops, on the top of the mulberry trees. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, let's stand with me today. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.